In this week's episode of Goat Gab, we are asking you to picture yourself with your favorite beverage in hand, sitting around the tax bin with Cameron and me after a long day of showing. What kinds of things are we going to talk about? A potpourri of topics, including pet peeves and random thoughts, comprise this laid-back episode of Goat Gab. We're glad you're joining us. Welcome back to another rendition of Goat Gab. I'm Cameron. I'm Laura. And today we are talking about a little bit of everything, I would say. Yeah, it's been one of those weeks. Yes, it has. And I think um, we've had some great guests on in the last couple of weeks. So I think I just kind of want to recap a lot of other other stuff that's happened. Maybe give some commentary, you know, maybe give some of Cameron's hot takes, maybe put on the tinfoil hat. I don't really know where this episode is going to take us, but we're going to have some fun. So just picture that you're uh, hanging out with me and Cameron. We're sitting at a show um, in our pens afterwards, kicked back, having a good time. Uh, your favorite drink of whatever that is in your uh, cup. Mine's going to be ice water because, you know, <laughs> trying to lose, the, lose those COVID pounds kind of thing. But um, just pretend that you're hanging out with us and we're having a good evening chatting together. So, yes, absolutely. And speaking of sitting at the pins afterwards, I don't think you had any sitting going on this weekend, Cameron. Um, you had quite the weekend at your first show of the year. I, I did. First show of the year. It's always an exciting opportunity. Um, but with that opportunity also comes its challenges. So it was it was cold here in the Midwest, I'll say here. And I'm getting I'm getting my um, statistics up from my Fitbit this weekend here to look to make sure and see what I actually um, what I step, what I was stepping in literally. So Friday during the day prep and getting there unloading, I, I took about 20,000 steps, which is the equivalent of about nine miles. And then Saturday, the day of the show, I, I did about 30,000 steps and that was unloading and, and showing and getting ready and everything there. So, uh, I've been a busy bee over the last two days. It seems like. So tell us about the show. How did it go? What was the best thing about it? And okay, uh, it was a little yeah. bit on the chilly side, right? Yeah. So uh, temperatures at night probably got about down to about twenty four degrees. Um, oh. I was I was the only one sleeping in the barn. <laughs> so how did you stay? Did you grab a goat in your sleeping bag with you or no. did you have three sleeping bags on or? So I used to um, actually like go backpacking a lot when, in high school. I was in Boy Scouts, active in Boy Scouts and we did that. Um, and so I have a sleeping bag that's designed for like negative 15 degree temperature. Um, wow. So uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money on that sleeping bag, but it, it's paid. It definitely was worth every single cent uh, on Friday night. Wow. So Goodness gracious. I, yeah. So it was really cold. Um, I was the only one sleeping in the barn, which was, you know, whatever. I got there, I was wearing shorts and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy because I was in shorts and like a, like a quarter zip. And they're like, don't you know it's cold? And people are wearing their long coats and everything. And somebody commented on my Facebook post and said, you better wear your long johns. And Cindy, I did not pack my long johns, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was, yeah. it was really cold, but, but I got there, I got everything loaded. We brought 13 goats, which for me and, and what we're used to, this is an easy show, super easy for us. 13 goats. I'll take 13 goats over, over, you know, 30 goats or even taking four goats any day of the week, because I feel like if I have four goats, I overstress and overthink about them, but the 13, I can sit and pamper and get them where they need to be. Um, without over stressing myself. And that's 13 goats in two different breeds. Yeah, 13 goats, two different breeds, all milkers, all mature goats. Babies not coming out this time of year. I saw people with clipped kids and clipped does and I was just like y'all are crazy. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's kind so of insane. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um and so kind of went through there and, and kind of did my thing, but I found a new product that I am in love with. And it's not an old product. It's just something that I hadn't really used a lot of before. And it is probiotic. I just had a tub of that. And whenever, when I got there, I 
brought them all up on the milk stand, taped them. Obviously, we use tape. We don't use the super glue or the liquid bandage. We use tape to tape them. There's a specific kind of okay. tape um, that we use. If you really want to know, shoot me a message on Facebook or shoot the Facebook page a message, and I will uh, unveil my secret because I don't remember at this time what it is. <laughs> um, but it uh, got them all taped up, so I gave everybody um, some probiotic grain obviously and then i put a little blue light over their top too is kind of a top dress as well so a blue light dry obviously yeah correct and then we have blue light in the buckets they, too but i and, go ahead and they like it dry yes huh interesting i haven't tried that i'll have to, I'll have yeah. to try it yeah i mean it's it's just a different application of blue light and they'll, they'll eat it if you mix it with grain um, and basically I did the probiotic was just to keep their stomach going. Um, they, you know, they ate so much more hay, you know, I felt like I was changing hay out every, you know, couple hours and, and I felt like that really helped them make a lot of milk. Well, good. And so they did make a lot of milk then. Yes. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, we, we found some success and other things we did not go as, as we had thought, um, which is, is typical, but, um, you learn, you learn some things and, um, kind of take it back. And uh, I was texting one of my best friends. He doesn't have livestock anymore. He did, but he's, uh, he was my college roommate actually freshman year. And oh, he, huh? and he was like, how, how the Sables do that? He asked me that. I was like, well, um, you know, they, they did okay. We did okay. And, and, you know, uh, but not as good as the Alpines. And he's like, well, I'm sure you're going to take that three-hour drive and go and evaluate uh, your sable breeding plans and figure <laughs> out a new game plan. I was like, yeah, a little bit. So um, he, he knows you too well. Yeah, he knows me way too well there. Uh, but we did. We had a good turnout and you know great results. And Laura, obviously, I've shared those with you. And if you follow my Facebook page, I've shared them. I'm not going to share them on the podcast um, because you know that's not important for the podcast. So. Um, I did, you know, I was a little intense at the show, but I think you kind of have those first show jitters. Don't you agree? Oh, very much so. Yes. And, and, you know, maybe you're better organized than I am. I always forget something kind of major at the first show just because of the jitters, you know, and, and I know it's going to happen. So I'm always worried. Is it something that I just can't live without? Is it something I'm going to wish that I uh, didn't have to drive three hours back home to get or whatever? So uh, it is a little bit nerve wracking that first time. You don't know so, how people or how goats are going to utter up. You don't know how things are going to work out. I agree. Um, we didn't forget anything. At least I didn't think we forgot anything. My dad didn't tell me we forgot anything. Um, we could have used our milk machine, but that's okay. We did not. I guess a second milk bucket would have been great because we were hand milking them all. That's the only thing I wish we would have had. Ooh, do you have? Do you take more than one stand when you go? Yeah, yeah. So that to would be like, nice to have. Right. So to show to shows like this, um, we have eight stanchions in our parlor, and all of them are like single individual unit stanchions. Um, and we could take all eight to a show if we wanted to. Obviously not. Um, some of the bigger shows or the smaller shows we go to. So if we take like less than you know fifteen milkers, we'll probably take two. Um, but if we take more than fifteen milkers, we'll take three. And sometimes to our state fair, we've even taken four because we have the room for it in, at the Illinois State Fair. Very nice. That might so, be something in the future I consider. Yes, it's it, multiple stanchions at a show is really nice, especially if you're um, you're using a claw that's designed for two goats at a time. For sure. So even and even if that, it's it's nice though as well because they get the opportunity to if they don't milk a lot and you're using a one one claw one goat claw on your machine is you can allow them to eat more feed as well up there. Right, and they can do it by themselves without fighting somebody else for it. And I, I yeah. can see lots of advantages to that. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, a great show. Um, I don't know if I'll ever go back because it was so freaking cold. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, though. These May shows, and we used to have early May shows that we went to. Some years it was beautiful and warm and, and perfect. And other years you would freeze your butt off. So I agree. They are just so, it's so iffy on whether or not it's going to be decent weather or not. Yeah, I, I agree on that there. Um, I just, I, I just remember not sitting all day and I, and I texted Laura this, but I'm going to tell my listeners on the podcast here too, as well, that, you know, I got two chairs out of the trailer and those chairs just sat there still folded up 
all day. Like they didn't even they didn't even move from their spots at all. Just folded up, and I put them back in the truck. I'm like, why did I even get these things out? Well, you hope you're going to sit sometime. Uh, yeah, I did. I also thought I was going to eat too, and that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the truck. I tra- saw the truck food on the way home. So yes, at least for you listener- eat when you're driving, right? Yes, for listeners that um, don't fall, I don't aren't friends with me on Facebook. There's a new thing now where if you eat food in the truck, it's not a goat show snack; it's a truck snack. Um, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between the two and, and please use the correct dialogue when posting on Facebook from now on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we so, should, maybe we should consider a whole episode sometime on, um, the best food to take to shows. Oh, that would be a great episode. I would be hungry. Um, yeah, that would be, I still have like all of my snacks still that I bought are still like in the truck just sitting there. I think I'm just going to wait for the next coach show. (laughs) That's what I was just going to say. Just, just put them aside for the next one. Um, I also really would like to, uh, touch sometime on the best state fairs as far as food goes. Maybe our listeners would want to contribute their, uh, favorite foods from their favorite state fairs because i can remember i can remember years ago at the um, 1989 adga national show down in oklahoma city at the oklahoma state fair the very best thing in the world down there were their turkey legs they had smoked turkey legs legs that were almost as big as your forearm they were amazing best food best food i'd had at, at that fair for a long time so 1989 i wasn't alive yet but oh thanks, for, I do, thanks, Cameron. <laughs> I, oh crap! Was, wasn't alive, but my dad. I think it might have been one of my first national shows. My our farm went to, and um, we had uh, junior national champion Alpine at that show, and that's kind of what um, put us on the map. And my dad kind of bit the bug, national show bug, really hard there. Um, that tends to happen when you do really well. At kind of one of your first national shows is you get the bug. Oh, that's a, that's a neat thing to to remember. Cool. Well, well, I'll I'll tell you that, but now my fiance has the bug because her first, her first time of taking like a full show string to nationals, she went, she won a class and she was reserved junior national champion. So she bought the bug really hard as well now. So that's, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a blessing and a curse really. Right. I can see that. So, uh, but back to 1989 um, is I have a belt buckle from that fair that we won. It says uh, 1989 State Fair of Oklahoma Fair of America champion. (laughs) So the Oklahoma State Fair is the Fair of America. (laughs) It was a neat, it was a neat state fair. And uh, I, in a lot of ways, I kind of miss having national shows that were part of state fairs. It just gave it a, a different flavor. It was just totally different. Um, 1990, I think it was, the national show was at the Los Angeles County Fair. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever been to Los Angeles. And I remember looking around and thinking, I have never seen so many people in my entire life. I, it just <laughs> blew my mind. And they would they would walk through the barns. And if you didn't have everything nailed down, it was gone. Even like handfuls of straw and hay, it was almost like like termites would just decimate an entire bale of stuff. I, I've I'd never seen anything like that before. Oh wow! It was huh. it was exciting and, and neat and amazing to see all these animals that I had only seen in Dairy Goat Journals or United Capri News. Um, see them in person and and you know that the whole mystique of the West coast, California national shows. It, it just to a little Midwestern girl, that was just pretty mind blowing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Those no, I, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to judge not in Los Angeles, not at like the Los Angeles County fair, but like in that Southern California area. And it's, it's definitely different and it's, it's interesting. And I think um, fingers crossed next week's guest is going to shed a little light on that as well. Good. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, the show was great. It's over. Um, but I did get lots of requests that Laura, I think the state of Indiana wants you back. Aww, my <laughs> old Hoosier home. I would love to go back. Love to. We'll have to see if that can't be in the card sometime. Love all my Hoosier family back there. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, we did get that. And thank you to our listeners that um, came up to me and talked to me and, and gave us even a suggestion for a topic as well that we're going to we're going to put on the schedule and, and work to incorporate as well. So it was a good weekend. Um, you know what we do need to make, Laura? What? Is some type of bingo card that you can um, like fill out at a goat show of stuff you see. <laughs> you mean <laughs> how many how many times somebody's um, belt rides below their crack, or um, how Just many times stuff. people let go of their goats in the ring and and have to be chased, or? Yeah, some of that. Um, you know, I, I think I did a captain captain's log voice memo to you during the show as well. So yes. some of the some of the craziness was there that and I, I won't I won't share some of the craziness because it got a little weird. But um, um yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting first show kind of back from COVID. Back well, not back from COVID, because COVID technically isn't over, but um so it was just an interesting show back to kind of show reality as, as it comes, you know, ever since the year of 2020 um, is over or ever since 2020 canceled all the shows. Hmm. So if we came up with these bingo cards and we put them on our website and then people could download them and fill them out with what shows they were at and they actually saw this, um, I think they'd have to take a picture yeah. to prove, right? Then, yeah. um, hmm. We'll have to think we'll about figure, that. Maybe that'll be we'll, our We'll figure contest. something out. So my grandma yeah, used my grandma used to make car bingo actually when we would go on road trips, national shows, other things like that. And it was very interesting. It was oddly specific. It'd be like purple, it'd be like purple billboard or like um Oh wow. <laughs> I'm thinking of some That's of the fun. other things that I can't officially say on the podcast because yeah. Um so um it, it's just interesting and uh, oddly specific. So um also this weekend thinking about I, mean, I think this is the last comment I'm gonna say about the show until a little bit later on, is not a lot of people were wearing kind of their whites because it was so cold. And I think this is a perfect example of it's okay to not wear whites when it's so freaking cold. Well, yeah, how many people have white coveralls or white coats or even white sweatshirts? I mean, gosh, be smart, be be warm. There's no sense in catching your death of a cold out there and shivering. I did will you tell see you, a I lot do- of shivering goats. Yes, I did. I was afraid. So um, the one goat that did fairly well for us, um, she had a coat on all night, actually, and this and, and it was weird because this goat, and I'm not endorsing this at all, actually had mastitis before the show. Um, and, oh, and I, I, I'm, I'm not endorsing saying, take a goat to a show before it's sick, but I think you as a breeder have to make the best decision for the animal, um, and kind of know when it's right to push it there. Um, she bounced back really, really quickly from the mastitis. Of course we caught it really quickly too, um, and treated it really fast and really bounced back and, and did fairly well for us. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to ever say, please take a sick animal to a goat show. Do not. Do not do that unless, for for whatever reason, um, you know you can take better care of it than the person at home, or you know that it's going to bounce back and do well the next day. That's the mark of a good breeder is kind of knowing what your limitations are and and what your animals, what's in the best interest of your animal, and and going from there. And obviously, it worked out co- okay for you. Yeah. So that was kind of that was Saturday. Oh, one other thing. This might be the last thing. I will say, do not. I do not like driving my 32-foot gooseneck trailer through heavily populated areas. Ooh, no. <laughs> I went through uh, Lafayette, Indiana, which is a college town, and it was graduation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yuck. That would be rough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like two or three roundabouts I went through. I was like, why does the state have so many roundabouts? Yeah, Indy. Well, so West Lafayette, oh, we went there about three years ago to pick up a buck. And I hadn't been to West Lafayette really probably for 15, 15 years or more. It had been a long time. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to go up here and, and see places that I used to hang out. And, and oh, yeah, that was the bar that I stayed in when I should have been in class. And, you know, all the things <laughs> that I, I, my kids now know about, but probably should have. Would have been smarter not to tell them. But yeah. anyway, I could not believe all the number of roundabouts through there. They're everywhere, everywhere. And I 
would not want to pull a trailer through that. Do they, <laughs> do you curb it the whole way? I mean, those, some of those are pretty darn tight. Yeah. I curbed uh, two of the three of them. I, I drove in. Yeah. Yuck. So the, la- the last yeah, one I was able to not curb. I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> I would have curbed it badly. And I don't have a long trailer like that. That's, I, know, I, 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 I really, I really think Google needs to make a, trailer friendly version of of you know fastest route oh yeah make that suggested suggestion that would be good <laughs> yes yeah, just good. something so so we don't have to go like through downtown lafayette in order with with the gooseneck uh when it's just mm-hmm. me driving as it is you know uh, but i really missed and this is going to sound really cheesy on the podcast but i'm going to say it anyway i really missed Catherine. Like, and it wasn't because I needed her help or anything. It was just fun to have somebody in the truck, um, just to one, talk to, and B, somebody to sing loudly and badly with. Oh, that is just, that makes my heart melt. I hope, I hope it makes hers melt too. That's so sweet, Cameron. So sweet. Yes. She'll, she probably won't listen to this because she's on a clinic. She starts clinicals and she's on night shift. So, um, yeah, uh, she, we we don't talk a lot, uh, these days. Good luck, Catherine. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, that was an eventful Saturday. Talk, Laura, talk about your week a little bit. We spent a long time talking about that. I wish I could say my week was that exciting. It really wasn't. Um, things are really busy at work and, and, uh, I think I've apologized a couple of times on, on, uh, our Facebook page about slower editing on our podcasts just because of that. Um, OB is, is always feast or famine. And so we've been feasting for a while. It's just been really busy. Uh, we had our only set of May babies born yesterday. So uh, one of my favorite does had a buck and a doe. So that's, you know, that's good. Um, though I, w- I w- will say this, she was huge. And I really was thinking triplets or quads. She just was that big and had a buck and a doe. They're not overly big and she still looks pretty big. Did and you she, give her anything? Acts, um, you mean after she kidded? Yeah, yeah, because you thought she was a little big, a little bigger. I didn't. Mm-mm. I okay. bumped her several times and could not feel any, couldn't feel anything mm-hmm. in there. Didn't go in and explore because I didn't have to pull the kids. They they came out just fine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she acts okay. She's milking and and she's you know eating. She's kind of a, a weird personality, so you have to catch her to get her to put her on the stand. <laughs> but once you get her up there, she's fine. Um, you know, alpines and, Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, I don't know. I know I didn't see her pass after birth. And that Mm -hmm. always makes me nervous when, when, uh, I don't see that. So again, today she came up, I put her up on the stand. She does, she's not running a fever. She acts normal for her. Um, I even got the ultrasound out and tried to just look and, uh, gosh, I really wish I could take a class on ultrasounding because I don't know what I'm supposed to see in a postpartum goat. I just, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I definitely didn't see any other kids in there, but I don't know what that would look like if the kid had passed, which it probably would be it by now if she had another kid. So anyway, if, if some of our listeners have some, some thoughts or a good, uh, uh, reference on, um, gynecological ultrasounds for goats, I sure would be open to that because I'm just not, not real confident in what I'm seeing. So, yeah, I think that would be a super helpful for me. And that was the reason that was actually one of the reasons. And one of my inspirations for when I go buy an ultrasound machine in, in the fall um, was one, Catherine wanted it. So that's always, a, that's always one inspiration, but two is we just had so many weird things happen and, and we had a similar situation with the, uh, one of our last does that freshness. They just seem so big still and you get worried mm-hmm. about that. Right. And I've lost does before. I, and you and I have talked about that offline yeah. uh, because 
because they had a retained kid and for whatever reason they, they weren't pushing and they didn't act like they had another kid, but then they just act really sick. And so yeah, I, I just wish I was better with the ultrasound because that was one of the reasons why I got it too. I, I wanted to be mm. able to see, and I just don't know what I'm looking at. So, well, that we lost one this year. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think I've ever fully disclosed that at all. Actually, we might've on that one with my dad, but um, you know, we lost one just like that. And, and it freaks me the heck out. Like when that happens and it really, you know, you, you feel super confident sometimes you're like, yeah, I can, I can do this whole goat maternity thing. And then all of a sudden something like that happens here. You just come to really question your experience that you built up. Right. Yes. And, and since I work with OB all the time, I know what we do for humans and it that's, you don't manage it the same way with goats. You don't have the same, same resources and, and you have to go a lot more on your heart and, and feels and, and things like that. It's just, it's just hard sometimes. So I don't know, as I said, if anybody has a really good reference or a book or a website or something that, that they've found to be helpful, I sure would be open to learning more about that. Yeah, I agree on that here as well. And we're recording on Sunday. So uh, yes. happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And uh, I had a really good day today. Three of my fours, came, three of my four kids came home today and uh, we played with a virtual, what did you call it, Cameron? Uh, it's the Oculus from Facebook. Yes, we played with an Oculus. I think that's what it was. It was totally fun and cool. And um, that my one kid, Madeline, God bless her. She's finishing up her last week at the University of Missouri. She graduates next weekend. So uh, good luck to her and, and little prayers her way so that she can get everything done that she needs to. Um, we wrapped up the day playing a really cool game called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. And if you like uh, slap happy <laughs> card games, this is one that little kids can play all the way up to old farts like me. And it's a lot of fun. So um, hit me up at the goat shows this summer. If, if you run into me, I probably will have taco cat goat cheese pizza with me and we can play it. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Is it, is, is it taco cat comma goat comma cheese pizza or goat cheese comma pizza? No, nope. Okay. No commas. <laughs> The name of the game is truly Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. And it's, it, you just got to take my word for it. It's a lot of fun. So uh, look it up. You can look it up online. It's one of the hottest selling games on Amazon. Um, I happened to win it in a Christmas drawing this year. And we we're like, what? And so eight of us got around the table and had probably two hours of hilarity. It's a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Well, I, and to piggyback off that, I do want to thank all of the goat show moms and goat moms out there. Um, I know I could not have done this whole goat thing growing up without my mom, um, getting, the, you know, prepping the show whites and even my grandma for that matter too. She was, she could get uh, dirt out of anything. It seemed. Um, so <laughs> thank you to all the moms, the goat show moms, the goat show grandmas, um, and, and anybody who's, who's been around and helped, um, in the goat show community from a mom. I appreciate you guys. Um, and, and thank you. Ah, well, um, you know, dairy goats, it's, it's kind of all about the mom in our industry anyway. A little bit. <laughs> so, um, I'm thankful to my four legged moms that, that, uh, yes. keep me happy every day. We were kind of laughing this weekend. We have this little three-year-old and, and she kidded back in, in March, but she is like the resident midwife. And so every time somebody else kids, she is over there licking their babies off and trying to get them to nurse her. And we don't, we haven't left kids on her, but she sure thinks she's the mom. And it's so funny because she almost gets in the way of the actual mom. I mean, she's, so we call her the mom squad. It's kind of funny. It's fun to see that maternal instinct in those goats. So um, yes, yeah, very much happy, happy mother's day. A little on a sad note, we're uh, we're kind of getting ready to say goodbye to a very special old old doe, and uh, I, I think everybody out here can kind of, if you've had goats at any for any length of time, you know there are those special ones that just are your heart goats and and have been good girls for a long time, and and uh, 
you want to make their last days pretty special. So this old girl, she gets to eat whatever she wants. We let her out and she wanders through the yard all day long if she wants to. And um, when it's milking time, I pour some milk in the bucket for her and she gets to drink all that that she wants. And, uh, you know, you want to kind of kind of give them a good ending to a good life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. We had one of those here. Um, and again, like I think I told you, I don't know if I told it on the podcast or not, you know, she went out, she went out on her own terms. So, and that's how she would have wanted to go out. <laughs> well, and I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with this one. You know, we're yeah. watching her. There've been a couple of times where I've almost called the vet and then she still has that twinkle in her eye. And, and I think, well, you know, she's, she's not quite ready yet, but yeah, you know, if it gets to the point where she doesn't enjoy life anymore, I think, I think I have to make that call, but knowing her, she's probably going to go out on her own terms too. That's uh-huh. just, that's just kind of the dough she is. So uh-huh. yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm working down my list. Cause I worked a lot cause I was, I was driving or I was, I was writing <laughs> and I had my laptop up, um, <laughs> earlier today here. Um, let's see here. Uh, the TC I've been working on the TC prep. That is next week. Oh wow! Judges training conference. That is ne- that is, that just crept up right on me, um, and it's a full is that class. In Ohio? Yes, Monta Monta Peeler. I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Somewhere in, in northeast Ohio, up there in the corner. The closest airport is Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um. So yes, uh, TC is coming up. Um. Next week, we obviously are going to probably try to record before that. Um. Unless. You know, something would happen and, and Laura would go solo, but um, that is a big weekend and there's 25 candidates, a full TC. Um, so, yeah. Do you know who, do they, do you know ahead of time who all is going, Cameron? I know some of them um, just through communication and back channeling. And I was looking for a roommate. I was looking for a hotel roommate because, uh, you know, we all want to save some money. Um, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, and plus you, when you get a roommate at a, ho- at a TC, um, you know, it, it kind of helps because you can talk through practice sets of reasons with them. Um, you know, it's just somebody to visit with and, and kind of de-stress with after the TC, um, and just kind of talk things out, um, after Saturday and somebody to study with as well on Friday night. So, uh, the reason why I'm asking, I sure am hoping that we're going to get some new judges out of this too. I mean, I, yeah. I hope everybody passes that goes and I hope that the people that pass also include some brand new judges. It's, it's always exciting to get oh. new people into judging and, and new opinions. And um, it is just difficult to find judges for shows. I, we just, we just need more judges. Yeah. And it's hard. And it, and, and I get, I understand that some people obviously because of this year, they don't want to fly because of COVID or they don't want to even judge and go out because of COVID. And I understand that. Um, we also have people that, you know, have their judges license that necessarily don't judge due to situations in their life, or maybe they don't have farm help or, or something like that. So, um, you know, if you are a judge and, and, and you go out and you judge a lot, it seems like a lot of the big names that go out and judge, they do a lot of judging. I know myself this year. I think oh, I counted. Right. I think I have like six ish shows plus the one four eight show I always take every year. I Maybe try to always take one. Yeah, right. Right. I, so, I I would think it would be hard if you didn't. It would be hard to get back into that swing of things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are exactly right. Once you I mean, you don't ever lose the skill. You don't ever lose the eye, especially when you work with the goats every day. But um, you know, maybe you're not given practice sets of reason, you know, practicing reasons or or using the terminology every day, you know what you want, you know what you like, and you understand the framework of the Adka scorecard or the rubric, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you necessarily aren't, you know, practicing it every day. Um, so the other day I was uh, working on a certification for work and I came across something that Cameron, I'm sure you are very familiar with and probably younger folks are <laughs> something called Quizlet. Yes. Did you ever use Quizlet in school? No, I never did. Um, I and I have my own method of studying as well, so I never used it um, because I, I felt pretty good. I can practice. I can do my. I could you know just do it all myself. But um, you know, some of those things are really nice. I'm interested to see if anyone who's done ATC has a Quizlet out there. Well, there are several Dairy Goat Quizlets. Okay. On scorecards and things like that. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. So, um, you 
know, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind if you're looking for a way to study for scorecards, even if you're not thinking about a TC, but maybe you want to be like totally kick butt in showmanship, that might be a good study tool to use. Yeah, so I'm looking through my notes right now. I'm currently sitting on going through the defects and memorizing those. And I was making fun of Catherine Toggenberg saying that they were 26 inches at the withers and they were did not meet the minimum height. And that is a moderate defect. She did not like that. That oh. um, <laughs> was giving I was giving her crap. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's mean. That's just not nice. <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Are you are you sure that goat's 130 pounds?" <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bless her heart. Oh, you know, she's if you insane. think about it though, 20, 26 inches, that is not very tall. No, I think that's tiny. Um the Nigerian, yeah, really the Nigerian um moderate defect is 17 inches. Oh dang. Wow. Yeah. Well, think about it. I mean, you only have between 17 inches and 22 and a half inches. You only have five and a half inches of of uh difference there that's just kind of amazing yeah wow yeah yeah uh-huh. the random so, things hey, you'll you learn yeah so a yeah. question for you cameron um are you having to learn the guernsey standards as part of this tc i am not because i do not have a 2021 guidebook oh so they're not going to test you on that that's a good question I am not 100% oh, I don't, sure. I don't want to make you nervous. <laughs> I am not 100% sure. Um, yeah, that is a great question. Um, if anyone from the JTALC committee listens. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be good to know. Hmm. Yes, it, it would be good okay. to know. Well, we'll all, we'll all be sending um, calm, smart vibes to you next weekend while you're working yeah. on your training conference for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's, I, I mean, it looks like we have some ad good news as well here. Yeah. It sounds like there are some people who have had their linear appraisal. Mm-hmm. I think Arizona. Yeah. They so said they had a exciting. ticket or something or, or yeah, they're yeah. going that way. Yeah. That's so I awesome. think people are starting to get their paperwork. And I, I heard there was a trip scheduled for like Georgia or, or Florida or something like that. How awesome. Well, I keep watching my email every single day, hoping that maybe I'll see something, but also understanding I might not. And that's okay. I can live with that. But it, it's it's nice to know that at least it's happening somewhere. So mm-hmm. eager to hear how that goes. Yeah, I, I agree on that. They're just, I'm interested to see again, if I don't get a have it, not going to be the end of the world for me, um, but I like to have it. Oh, heck yeah, I would. I'm not going to throw up my arms and be like, what the heck, man? Um, because... At the end of the day, I, it's just one tool in the toolbox. And because we're on DHAR and we have a tester come, I feel like that's a pretty good um, gauge as well of of how we can, you know, evaluate our animals. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just like a show. It's still ha- You still have to breed what makes you happy, what makes you smile. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you can use your own eye to kind of look at that too, but it is nice. It is nice to have the data from the linear appraisal. And so yeah. we'll just hope that this is just onward and upward, upward and it keeps getting better there. So um, mm-hmm. did you see, I, I know you didn't take juniors to the show, but did you feel like junior numbers were down more than what they normally would be at an early show due yeah. to people maybe not getting their papers? Yeah, I think that um, as well. And then, um, you know, for example, Catherine had sold a goat over to Indiana and they actually wanted to show it at this show. I think at this show or maybe the show before or the weekend before, but they wanted to show in the show and um, they couldn't because they couldn't get a transfer in. So um, I, I really don't know. I see uh, whenever I see NG stuff on the Facebook, I tend to kind of ignore it because it's probably super negative. Right. And, I, you know, I'm again, I'm not trying to play a Pollyanna here. On the straightforward registrations that I have had, it has gone totally flawless. I haven't had any issues with it. The only times I've had issues have to do with, I think I mentioned this before, goats that one of my daughters owns. And then I screwed up on registering a butt kid out of a first litter of, of animals born to a mom. I put the wrong number of kids that were born there and that is totally screwed up 
registering anything else out of that litter. So, you know, yeah. that was my fault. If I hadn't done that, it would have gone through just fine. So I really feel like it's going to be cool when it's done. And I think that they're trying to, trying to make headway on it. I think, you know, nobody wants to hear now, just be patient, but it, mm-hmm. it looks I get like it. it's yep. going to fix a lot of things that Ross caused for long-term problems. So. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like, you know, some of the stuff that Ross was doing was kind of patched together and it wasn't sustainable. And, and that's kind of why we moved away rather quickly. Um, but I, I will say, again, thinking about that 80-20 rule, and of course, there's always the 20% that are going to be very, very loud about their problems, which, you know, we, we have as well, because obviously we've had problems with it. Um but you know, if we can, if you can do, hey, I own the doe, I own, I own the uh, sire, and everything's under my name. I mean, that's eighty percent of the registrations there. So again, take right. take it for what it is. You know, obviously there's complex problems with goats when you might breed them to two bucks, or uh, and then request DNA and have to do all that, or um, you know, you do AI memos and the AI memos aren't on file because um, they're from the eighties and that data never was converted correctly into Ross. And so when that data was not converted correctly into Ross, it obviously didn't go into NG. Uh, this is a real life scenario. It's actually happening to me. And then some other people as well that have used older semen. Um, and you know, it says no, no uh, memo on file because that data wasn't converted correctly. Right. You just gotta, you know, just move forward. It's it's one of those things. The band-aid had to be ripped off someday, I think. I mean, yeah. it, it had to be done. It is unfortunate that it happened when it did, and nobody's saying that it wasn't, but I think that I think in the end we're gonna have a product that is sustainable, that's gonna work well for us. We just have to just have to keep powering through until we can get to that point. Heck, guys, we've lived through COVID. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> We're invincible. We can we can make it through NG. Look what we've look yes. what we've gone through. So my we can make my, it there. my question is on NG is how fast are they putting in show wins? Oh yeah, I had somebody else ask me that the other day too, and and you know my answer was I I wouldn't hold my breath for it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, I don't. You know I think it's going to be a long time because I don't even think that they've put in. I don't think any 2021 show wins have been put in at all, have they? I not my understanding is not. December. Yeah, right. and I get that. So so then you're um being faced with people that have been to shows already and maybe finished some does. What do you do with those does? Do you sit out the rest of the season? Do you go ahead and show them and um you know, hope that there's enough animals that other people can get an unrestricted reserve leg? That's you know, I, I think that again, we're going to have to give everybody a little bit of grace because they're not going to get to pull those animals and uh, and find out that their champion challenge is already probably until way late into the year. And and my theory, and I was having a conversation with this at the Goat Show, kind of about this championship letters, kind of how it all happened, you know, and what it looks like is. Um, if you don't like that someone is showing their goat after they've finished because of this year and they're still showing it in the regular class, my solution to that is breed a better goat. I was going to say the same thing. And, you know, I get it. But we, we AdGuys, created a system and it's very profitable for the association. Don't get me wrong that – we want to finish goats and mostly because it's from a marketing perspective, because we want to say, Hey, our goat's a champion or our goat's a SGCH or she's a GCH. Um, and it, and it, it worked for the association and they're a cash cat. And this is a cash cow program because of that. However, on the flip side is we're now, you know, in a, because there's so many shows, because we're pushing for all of this, um, because we're pushing for, all of these show wins and all, all we want to take our goats to as many shows as possible. And I engage in this as well is that, you know, are we finishing the best quality goats as possible or are we cheapening the value of the leg? And I've done it too. I'm not, I'm guilty at this as well because we're so focused on finishing goats. Well, and again, it comes down to the whole thing. Those first shows that you go out to at the beginning of the year in some ways, 
finishing a champion at those early shows is a lot harder than finishing a champion at the end of the year, especially if people are pulling their champions. Same thing with dry legs. If you think about, if you think about those shows that let's say they have four, four junior rings in a weekend, uh, by the time ring four is gone through, if everybody who had does that won grand champion as a junior doe in those early rings have pulled them, you don't have the same competition in that last ring. Oh yeah. Think. Oh yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, that's. So uh, what's that doing? I mean, it, it's cheapening the legs. It's, it's just cheapening the legs and it, it is what it is. Um, you know, that's right. the system that we've, we've created in the American Dairy Goat Association, but um, is it a problem? Yeah. Yeah. Has the association benefited from it? Oh, you bet. So. Again, we're just oh, yes. we're a little social commentary here from Laura and Cameron about the association. But um, one thing I, I did want to talk about and uh, when it comes to the association is the ADGA National Show Rules. Oh, yeah. Let's yes. talk about that. Yes. So I, I highlighted a couple things here. One, the entries are due July 1st, which, okay, I can get behind that. You have to print up the books and everything. Like that. And I'm looking at my calendar here. July 1st. That's a Thursday. That is two weeks before, about 15 days before the national show starts. That's that's fine. I get that. They're using a different system this year because the current system that they're using, to my understanding, and I'm not on the committee. This is just what I hear, is is not linked currently because of the, the situation with NG. Okay, so it's not like before when we use their online system and you go through and you pick your own animals and and it was like totally easy. And then the group class is auto-populated for you and you could be like, oh, oh yeah. you know, you have a dairy herd or, oh, you can have a get a sire or, oh, so-and-so, maybe Craig Copeman entered his saga daughter and you have two saga daughters, Cameron and Ed. You know, do you want to put them together and form a group class? Heck yeah, I yeah, do. That was sweet. That was, that was, that was real nice. Um, right. But because they're using a different software, so they've got to get the books up. But the thing that really bothers me, and it's not the due date, it's the limited number of subs you get. Oh, okay. So, Let's so you're, that. yeah, you're only, you're limited to three subs, which to me is, I, I understand it in terms of paperwork, but I don't understand it in terms of making it the best experience for the exhibitor. Because in those 15 days, a lot can happen. Sure can. Yes. So so do you want, you know, and, and it's not cheap to enter a national show. I don't remember what it was, but it's at least $30 per goat to enter at the national show. Don't you agree, Laura? It is. And then you've got pens, which are mm -hmm. exceedingly expensive, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, group classes that are expensive. So yep. uh, if you have entered a group class, let's say that you've entered a, a get of sire and all of a sudden you have to make a substitution to make that get of sire work. If you've already blown through your subs, you might've just lost a, a whole group class too, that you've paid for. So that, that gets doubly expensive. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, but to me in a year where, we have the mess ups with NG and we're not getting papers out fast enough. Um, you know, we're not handling complex registrations through the system right now because they have to be manually entered to me, three subs. It's crazy in a normal year because so much crap can happen. You know, maybe my one kid goes off feed or, you know, a goat gets mastitis or, you know, goats, goats find interesting ways to hurt themselves. Um, to okay, me, to me, it doesn't make sense to limit it to three sub, three subs only. And yeah, what that I, might I'm, do, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm sure that has to do with uh, the system that they're using, and it's there's a lot, probably a lot more in, manual work on their side of things this year. But I agree, it it does that that is pretty tight to mm -hmm. make just three subs. I agree. And is that three subs per breed? Is that three subs? Like what if you have more than one breed? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's three subs across the entire farm. Wow. That's, 
wow, that's pretty tight. Yeah. So that's that's my first that's my social commentary on that. And to me, it just doesn't make sense. And to and it sounds like if my goats, for whatever reason, if I have four goats get sick, you know, I'm gonna lose thirty dollars of entering my goat, and I'm not gonna bring my goat. So what you might see as well is is less goat centered because of that. Uh-huh. And I think I think we're gonna see that anyway, don't no, you? No, yeah. Oh, I, I, I to- wholeheartedly agree. You know, I've talked to some people that are longtime national show goers that aren't going. Right. And and the ones that I've talked to that have been pretty uh strongly against going, it's not so much about the registration or NG problems or whatever. It really has to do with the whole masking. I agree. And the mask requirements yeah. that have been made. And um, you know, I I don't I'm not on the national show committee. That is such, that is a a big job. And I know that it is. I just really hope that they are able to take a look at what other livestock shows have been doing in Louisville. Uh, The, the Kentucky beef expo, for example, uh, earlier this year, they had uh, spectators at that show. They had vendors at that show. They had people walking around and you saw pictures and not, not most of them had masks on. Um, you know, the, the, the rules that are the most restrictive, it sounds like are, aren't coming from Kentucky. They are our rules, ADGA's rules. So uh, I just hope that, I hope the national show committee is able to stay flexible enough to say, let's balance, let's balance keeping our exhibitors safe, but also the fact that they can make their own decisions too. And, and, where are we moving forward? You know, things are opening up. People are moving around. Um, this is a livestock show. To me, it's very difficult to understand how it can be so harmful to have people coming there to watch if they sit in their own family groups and practice uh, distancing and and move on from there. I, it's just hard for me to understand that. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now from the Kentucky Beef Expo. And um, I mean, a couple of them are wearing their masks, but not all of them. And it looks like, you know, it looks like they've got a whole fitting crew there. And again, they got the whole farm like they do in, 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 um, beef cattle pictures. So, um, t- I, I, it's just, it just seems a little crazy to me. So, um, I, again, I, I hope that gets rectified. I honestly don't think it will. Again, this is me being unfiltered, shooting from the hip. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And I think also it adds an, an extra layer with the incentive of, hey, I can leave early. Well, I think that is a good, I think that is a good help. And even though I don't want to leave early, uh, you know, depending on if my second breed is, if we're going to be competitive with the second breed, I'll stay the whole week. But it is kind of nice to think that I could leave a little bit early too. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, I think that that was a smart thing on Adga's, uh, point. And I know that we've talked about show order and, and maybe some different things that could have been done there, but regardless, letting exhibitors leave early, maybe that's something that if they see how well that works this year, maybe it is something that could be considered for the future years. I, I, I agree. wholeheartedly agree there. Um, and we're looking at it from our perspective as, Hey, if we get done, we're going to get done showing on Tuesday and we're going to help somebody show on Wednesday. And my dad is then um, volunteering time to serve as the show secretary on Wednesday as well. Um, can we leave right after we're done? And then I don't have to take another vacation day. My dad doesn't have to take another vacation day on Thursday, um, you know, and obviously Friday as well there. So, um, and then we have another show actually on Saturday. Oh, how neat. That's fun. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so, um, that's kind of my thing there as well in the national show for now. There might, there might be some more discussion later on, not in this podcast, but other ones. (laughs) That sounds good. Yes. Um, one last thing on Adga that I, you may have something else, but one thing I did want to, to remind folks, your primary ballots are due by the 1st of June. So, um, make sure that you, if you haven't mailed those in yet, make sure that you, Find out who's running in your district. Do your homework. Find somebody who's going to be uh, what you think that they should be and representing you and make sure you get that ballot in. Because if you're not happy with things or if you want to have a voice, make sure that you vote. That's the only way that you can have a voice in things. Yes. The last thing I want to talk about 
I don't, I don't even know if we'll have time for a topic when we talk about this, but um, is I got the catalog for Biogenics this year. Oh, did, cool. Did you? I haven't gotten mine yet. Okay. Nope, okay. Not yet. Mm-mm. So um, what I was looking through and I was flipping through it and I see, you know, one of my friends, one of my friend's goats there. And I, I shoot him the picture. I said, hey, here's, here's your goat, you know, free advertising for you. Da, 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 da. He's like, whoa, I did not allow them to use those pictures. Oh. Yeah. And they tagged the wrong farm in the pictures. Oh, no. And get this. I was going through it and I found some semen on a buck I wanted to get. But they nobody proofread that thing. And there was like a huge spelling error. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just it. it's not a great look. So who sub- so that's Biogenics mistake yes, or I don't, I, that's the submitter of the Siemens mistake? I don't know. I like I, I well I don't think that I don't think the the uh, submitter of the semen was wrong for the spelling error, but I think you know the inappropriate use of pictures, not giving the certain breeder credit. Um, you know I think that's that's huge, and I think as a company you would want to do your due diligence. Oh, I would think so too. It makes me wonder, like, do you, who's whose responsibility is that? Yeah, the, the person who submitted the pictures, you know. Oh, yeah, you can use semen out of my buck in your catalog. This is its dam. I'll, you know, here's a picture of its dam. Maybe they didn't even think twice about the fact that oh, I don't own that picture. Yeah, that's the property of the breeder, and mm-hmm. I should ask them if they mind. Yeah. And, and, you know, in this digital world, we live in on Facebook where I can just go and save a picture or screenshot a picture or whatever. I think you have to be really, really, really um, concerned, especially from a company perspective on that. And I know when I ask for use of pictures, I always ask. First, I always ask. Second, I always give credit or try to give credit to whoever it was. And if it's pointed out to you that, that there's a mistake there or – um, hey, Cameron, um, that is my picture. I don't mind if you use it. Could, could you give me credit? Mm-hmm. Of course you would do that. Yeah. I mean, that's just common sense mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know what? You are dovetailing into our topic because <laughs> we kind of discussed having a potpourri of things like superstitions, pet peeves, and whatnot because mm-hmm. you know, we like to use that word around here, right? Love it. So, um, you know, that is that is a good pet peeve to bring up. That's that's not cool. No. Make sure you ask somebody for, for use of those pictures. Exactly. I'll tell a story here about that. In, um, okay. So there was a time um, we there was a website that had some goats on it. And what happened was they actually were using pictures of national champions and comparing them to their goats as well. So what they would do is they would have their goat, da-da-da-da-da, goat. Here's the picture of this one. Compare her to this year's national champion, da-da-da-da-da. And they were using our picture without our permission of our goat. Wow. Why would you do that? And and they used our picture. They used someone else's picture compared to this year's reserve national champion. And I'm like, whoa. It's it's not horrible. It's not cool. And and two, if you're comparing it to the national champion, your goat probably doesn't look as good. (laughs) Probably not. No. So what did you do about it? Uh, this was actually my dad was the one that found out. He emailed them and asked them to take it down, and saying they did not have permission to use that. I don't think they were in goats for very long either. Wow, gosh, no, that's that's not cool. No, nope. definitely, definitely something that that people should avoid on there. Oh yeah, totally, totally agree on that. So yeah, just that that is a huge pet peeve. That is a huge right. pet peeve. You know, if we're going to talk about pet peeves, I was thinking um, about, I, I think my daughters and I, or a daughter of mine and I are going to go <laughs> to a show in a couple of weeks. So my mind's kind of been working on that and gathering things. But one of the purchases that I made for myself this year off of one of those Amazon lists that tells you about cool things that you can get from <laughs> Amazon, I bought myself a sleep mask. Okay. Now, why did I do that? Because one of my biggest pet peeves about shows is shows that never turn off their lights. They oh, leave yeah. them on all night. That was me this weekend. They didn't turn their lights off? 
Well, no, so the show order was taped right where the electrical box was. And uh-huh. I couldn't open the electrical box to turn off the lights because I didn't want to peel the show order off. Uh, why? Why do why do shows do that? Why do they leave them on? And honestly, I think that Louisville leaves their lights on all night too. Oh uh, no, they actually they shut them off um, at some point. Okay, good. I remember okay. in two thousand eight, we went out to dinner, and then we had to go back and do udders, and we were like, "Do it." My dad was doing udders in the wash racks. He was just so mad. He was in spitting anger because he was doing this. He was tired. He was frustrated. Me and my brother were like just trying to go to bed. He was yelling at us to bring ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so that's one that doesn't. But I know that in Missouri, if you're showing in the swine barn, those lights are on all night long. It's the outside lights on there and they're terrible and it's in your eyes and the animals don't sleep and oh, it's miserable. So turn your dang lights off shows. That's that's a pet peeve that I have. Indiana State Fair does that. It's terrible because. Yeah. Oh, man, well, you just can't sleep. It's it's awful. No, I like the shows that you can control the lights as well. And the people are cool and be like, yeah, turn them on, whatever. Here's how you do it. So but one of my pet peeves, and this is this, I actually saw this this weekend, is over uttering your goats. That drives me bonkers. Oh, tell us about it. So I pull up to the show. It's about 8, 830 in my shorts, and I, I try to figure out where I need to unload my goats at, and I see these goats getting pulled off the trailer. They look like they have 18 hours of milk in them, and they're ready to go into the five- and six-year-old class. Of wow. Yeah. Poor and it goats. Was, it's like 12 hours before the show, and I'm like, I just want to milk you, please. Um, and it actually resulted in one of the judges telling them, this goat is severely overrated. You need to milk this goat. Really? See, judges just do that so rarely. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was bad. I, I really, because you're not just, you're not just, you know, hurting yourself in the show ring. You're hurting the animal as well. And that's, you know, you want them to be comfortable and get around that memory system, but you also want them, you know, to bounce back as well. You do. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of a lactation geek and I'm studying for um, a certification in lactation through work right now. So we were, I was reading about um, the hormonal feedback that happens when milk is not removed from the mammary system, whether it's a person or whether it's an animal, but it actually does tell that, that animal not to make more milk again. That makes sense. I mean, with the positive feedback, wow, we sound like nerds. <laughs> hey, I'll own it. I'm I'm yeah. not embarrassed to do that. But but I think about the fact, you know, this is this is the um, early part of the. I mean, this is this is the early part of lactation. If you're already giving, if you're already giving your animal uh, the message not not to milk, that's not good. I mean, you're. Anybody who shows knows that when you utter them up at a show over the weekend, there's a few days that that you really kind of need to make sure that you're milking on time and not letting them get over full because they need some time to bounce back and and to keep that lactation going. And I would hate to utter something up that heavy first show of the year. Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly there. And and you got to remember, you know what are you what are you shooting for? Like, do you want to look good on May eighth, or do you want to look good on June eighth, or or July eighth, or August eighth? You know, because for me, you know, my my best show is July eighteenth, and then my other good shows are this year July thirty first and August seventeenth. So I don't really need them to look super great on May on May eighth. Right. And, you know, Cameron, I think that leads really well into something that you and I talked about kind of briefly Uh over the weekend. Um, And maybe we have a little bit of a different way of looking at this. You had mentioned something about, um, you know, is it a race? Are you really pushing hard to get those goats finished right off the bat? You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So this all came up with kind of a discussion with my fiance, Catherine, and and she was like, oh, you need to look out for so-and-so and look out for so-and-so. They got nice goats, da 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 but I got, I got a reminder. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a race. You know, lactation isn't a race. It's a marathon. And you want to make sure you're not only, you know, having that long lactation that, that's sustained throughout it. You really want to focus on where do you want their peak lactations to be? Do you want them to peak on July 8th? Do you want them to peak on, you know, July 30th? You know, what is your big show that you are shooting for? 
instead of blasting the udder right now um, in it when it's made. Right. And, and, okay, so I agree with that. But then here's kind of a flip side. Um, a mentor of mine a long time ago, we were kind of talking about this too. And, and um, I had a doe that had a couple of legs. I'm like, you know, I think... I don't know. I think I'm not going to go ahead and show her because I I'd really like to finish her at the state fair. I think that would be that would be kind of fun. It's my last year. In, it was my last year in 4-H. I wanted to finish her at the state fair, and um, he was like, you know, I'm just going to give you a word of advice. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring, and if your animal looks good enough to go ahead and get that championship finished, you know, how many times do we hear people say, well, she would have been finished, but she came down with mastitis or she would have been finished, but she broke her leg or all these other things. You know, it's kind of a uh, seize the seize the moment is another way to look at it. You know, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So if you have the opportunity um, with a hot animal to get them finished, go ahead and get them done. Think of it that way. I don't know. Just a different perspective. Yeah, I know. I agree. Carpe diem um, on that. Um, but I also do understand is like I want my goats to peak peak uh, around the national show um, and some kind of fizzle out after that because but others others do well um, it just kind of depends but I am a my pet peeve is seeing goats over uttered um, and it's something that as a judge you know I frequently see sometimes and it just it also depends on kind of the day what time of the day you're judging as well so as a judge do you ask them to leave the ring um, I've, I've told them that they're over, their goats over udders and they're going to be placed accordingly. Well, um, I, don't, I don't, I don't ask them to leave the ring, but I tell them that, Hey, your animal's over uttered. Um, because I think you need to be real and straight with people as the judge and say, Hey, this, this animal is, is but you can tell when I go to over uttered though. Um, you know, they, they roach in their loin and, and their rump goes funky and, you know, they're reabsorbing that milk and everything too. And they just look off and sometimes their body's sucked up. So. Well, and, and they walk with their, you know, their, um, their stifles are all popped out and yeah, it, you're right. They don't look good. And, and it certainly, certainly doesn't put them at their best look, does it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely there. Um, Laura, I, I think uh, we've had a lot. We've done some great talking, great discussion. Again, we didn't know which way this was going to go, uh, but I think it went a great way. I think it did too. And um, we've got, as we said, we're going to record early again then for next week. Uh, you want to tell them about our special guest or just yeah. leave it as a uh, surprise? Let's leave it as a surprise because I'm really excited about okay. this guest. Um, she's really good on TikTok. Um, she's got really nice goats and she offers a fresh perspective as well. I think that'll be fun. So um, as always, thank you guys for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this kind of a little informal chat around the, the pen after the show this weekend. And yeah. um, find us on Facebook, give us reviews on Apple podcasts. If you feel so inclined and um, we'd love to see you. Yeah, shows. So grab us if you if you run into us. So yeah, Laura, thank you, you Cameron, gonna, as always. Yeah. Laura, are you going to tell us where you're going so we know where to grab you? Oh, you know, um, so <laughs> well, for sure, for sure, at the end of um, May, I'll be at the Memorial Day show in Sedalia, Missouri. That's my club that that um, puts it on. So I'll be down there and get to be a ring secretary for one of the rings. So it'll be fun. But the show that I think I'm going to go to in a couple of weeks is in Norman, Oklahoma. Haven't been there since I judged there way back when in the early nineties, late eighties. So uh, just a little bit of a different group of people, but I think it'd be kind of fun to go down there. I've always wanted to go. So Perfect. we're going to take the little trailer. So we're not going to take very many with us, but it'll be kind of a fun trip. I think. Perfect. And if you like us, uh, tell a friend, uh, we'd love to grow this thing and grow our goat gab family and have a great week, everybody. Right. Thanks guys. See you later.